You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. I teased you a moment ago, didn't I, about the the night that um, Vin Knight was booed uh, when he won on Bag Limit, the Victoria Cup. He won it in 87, but in 88, he was ignored in the market. But Bag Limit made a successful recovery and was eventually set for a tilt at his second successive Winfield Gold Cup. However, on paper, his heat form looked to give him little chance. In fact, there was concern in the night camp that he would have to be scratched when he bowed a tendon after trialling at Kilmore on the Thursday before the big race. Vinny treated the horse around the clock and on race morning knew everything was all right. He told close friend Dominic Barbaro two things, that Baggy would win and that he'd be booed off the track. He was right on both counts. Here's Bag Limit now from second last. He's pulling to the outside. Three wide living the straight. And quite famous, a dropped out to the tail. Bag Limit now circumnavigating the field with a lightning move from second last down the back of the 1600. He's trying to hit off JB's fella. Bag Limit the outside. He draws two metres in front. Now three metres and he's about to cross JB's fella down the back at the lap and a half. And he does. Bag Limit has crossed JB's fella. Village Kid is still caught without cover. On his back as Rufus Youngblood. Bon Marche the inside, four metres to spare bow. In behind them came my Lightning Blue. Quite famous second last and luxury liner had dropped out to the tail. Inside the lap and a quarter. Bag limit in front, he drops anchor by a sulky's length. On the outside, the kid. Village kid, he's caught without cover. A free wide being driven along third. The crowd's hot. Rufus up five metres in front. Village Kitty's under the whip. Luxury line of Rufus Youngblood boxing on down the outside. Bag Limit, they've got away half foot in the straight. And Bag Limit's Winfield Gold Cup and what a performance. Bag Limit scores by six metres. Luxury line of second. Rufus Youngblood third. The crowd's hostile reception got to Vinny and at the presentation he did what he always did. He spoke his mind. Look, I'm very happy. It doesn't matter how much you boo, I'm still going to talk. Last week, for unknown, you know, for the reasons of not of his own, uh, there was a driver took his legs in the back straight and used the boo and must have your heads up your backside because he would have run fourth last week. There you go. Interesting, uh, memorable Victoria Cup bag limit at big odds was ignored and putters uh, got huge crowd as well. Quite angry, and Vin Knight fired them up even more. So that was back in 1988. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. So some uh, wonderful memories there. Uh, the Knights, they uh, are able to win this race a, a number of times. Bag Limit was one of their stars, and uh, he was a horse. He had some injuries uh, and concerns along the way, but uh, he was a fantastic racehorse, no uh, question. I love listening to these old races, Chris. Just the horses that, you know, were against him. You know, yeah. the Village Kid and quite famous, and even Rufus Youngblood and so on in that era. Yeah, unbelievable time. So... It'll be interesting to see where 2023 lands as far as the Victoria Cup. We've spoken about this. We spoke at length yesterday with Dan Malecki, the fact that there's no Kiwis lining up in this year's Cup. They're focused on their own Cup, the New Zealand Cup, which is only weeks away. So uh, a little disappointing, but I'm sure it's going to be a, a fantastic contest. And hopefully it's a Queenslander that comes out on top in Leap to Fame. Well, you just wonder, in a couple of seasons, Chris, if he stays sound... <laughs> You know, we're hopefully talking about a harness legend. Uh, leap to fame. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's come up short in 
some of the big ones so far. The uh, the Blacks are fake. The Grand Circuit race, the first Grand Circuit race he contested earlier this year, he was beaten behind Swayze, and then he was beaten in the world's richest race, the Tab Eureka, only last month. So he's looking to bounce back into the uh, the feature race winners circle. He's got the Inter Dominion, and the ramifications for the Inter Dominion this weekend are going to be very interesting because, as we discussed yesterday, if he comes out and dominates this race. Does it scare away a few of his rivals going ahead towards the end of Dominion? Or if he gets beaten, does it really open it up? And in some ways, does it take the, the air out of the balloon if he gets beaten on the weekend? So the, the, the ramifications are going to be quite interesting as far as the end of Dominion is concerned. I think the only way he's beaten, Chris, if he has a tough run <laughs> uh, or drags a flat tyre, God forbid. Um, Pete yeah, well, we don't want that. We've, no. Yeah, we've been through that before, so we don't Absolutely. need that again. So it'll be interesting. Pete McMullen, good morning. Morning, Chris. Morning, morning, Steve. How are you, Pete? Good. Does he get the job done? I think so. He's, um, you know, to me, he's the best horse in the world. He's, um, you know, he's strong. He's fast. You know, he's just got no faults at all. He's a absolute powerhouse, and um, I can't see him getting beat. Better than Confederate. Yeah, I think so. I'm sure if um, Larry, if he was to go and you know race Confederate over there, you know, it'd be certainly a great race. But yeah, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. But yeah, I think Lift the Fame's the one to beat. Pete, how would you drive him? Um, obviously, Catch a Wave's got any amount of speed. No doubt, will press forward and probably look for a set. Um, do you think Grant will push on at the start? And is there a chance that he might find the front after six or seven hundred metres? Yeah, possibly. I had a bit of a look at, at there, and um, you know, there's certainly a little bit of gate speed in the front line there. I just, yeah, as, to me, I thought it depended on where, what Rock and Roll Do does, um, if he gets across him or not. If not, I thought it, he looked the leader. Okay, well, we'll wait and see. I wanted to talk to you this morning, Pete, about some of your own stable stars because your stable star, the stable star, Blacks of Dance. He returns to racing on Saturday night. You've given him two trials. The most recent trial, he looked awesome. He went uh, 50 and change. He won by over 50 metres. How's he looking and how's he feel this time in compared to last campaign? Um, yeah, he's right where we want him. Um, you know, obviously we're still you know, a little bit of time away from the Inter-Dominion, which is, you know, the sole focus. So um, at the moment, he, he still is a little bit bigger than what, you know, you, you sort of normally see him. But... Um, you know, it, it's all in target towards the Inter-Dominion. So um, this week, it, it's it's a tricky tricky draw over the mile and um, he's going to be at the back, which makes it, makes it really hard to sort of see where he's going to be in the run. But, um, you know, obviously his trial was pretty sharp there last week. And, you know, it, to me, he's the horse to beat. But at the same time, there's a lot of up-and-comers that are, um, you know, there's certainly been running some fast times and some fast halves. So, you know, if we're giving them a head start, it's it can be sort of, you know, hard to get into it. OK. The first up trial, 54-1, and then, like I said, he went 50.4, winning his most recent trial. Given that the Inter-Dominion's still, what, seven weeks away, what was the purpose in going so fast? Was it just the horse needed a really good blowout? Was that the sole reason that he went so fast? Um, well, well, yeah, we sort of wanted to give him, you know, a bit of a hit out to make sure we're on song prevalent, and... Um, he actually did it really quite easy. Uh, I didn't sort of anticipate going that fast, and you know, he, he just sort of did it, and you know, I didn't have to even ask him at all, he, which is pretty scary, realistically. But um, 
Yeah, like I was happy to go 52 and got 50 and a half and, and did it, you know, under a hold. Okay, so the end of the minion's been the focus and is the focus this campaign. Was there any sort of thought uh, about going to Victoria yourself with Black Sedans, uh, the, the the recent feature in Sydney, the Lensmith Mile? Was that ever on the on the radar? Um, the Lensmith Mile was something that I wouldn't have minded to go to, but it, it just sort of, um, with us being away from the world drivers, it, it just sort of threw a bit of a spin in the works and just didn't quite work out. Um, Whereas in the Vic Cup, it, it's it's a big exercise to go to Victoria. Um, you know, I think it's costing costing Kevin and Grant just away about forty thousand for a team flight. So uh, it, it's it's too close to go by road to the end of Dominion, but um, and flying is probably just a you know a little bit a bit too much to to be going and, and racing led to fame. Okay, fair enough. Now, just with the end of Dominion. Um are you happy with the way he's come up? And, and looking back at his efforts during the Constellations, he was really good. Uh, he, he was able to win the Wandai's mate. He was fifth in the Sunshine Sprint. He was fourth in the Blacks at Fake. And, you know, he didn't probably have the, the most ideal draws. So is he going as well as he's ever gone? I think so. What I was really pleased with that thing about um, the winning carnival there is we, we were able to sit him in and, and really make him race how we wanted him to race. Um, obviously, previously, he's sort of been a horse that we'd put on the front end and really sort of had him rocking and rolling. But, you know, for him to be able to be competitive in these grand circuit races, they've got to be able to sit in and, and, and trip out a little bit. So, you know, we went back to the drawing board and we, we changed a few things how we worked him and, and sort of really made him sit in a lot more. And he um, he was much better for that. And, uh, you know, when he won the Wanda's mate, he, um, you know, on the sprint lane and won that and the bloods of fake he, he was sitting back on the rails and hit the line super so um you know i think going forward that's um you know got to be a big bonus especially for him you know, when you're racing four times in a fortnight is he going to thrive on that the conditions of an inter dominion series for four races in two weeks i think so um we've always sort of you know he's always been a horse that's caught a lot of um caught a lot of racing caught a lot of work and I think providing we have him in the right spot going into the first round of heats, um, there should be no reason why he won't love it. Okay. Now, with this race on Saturday night, are you hoping uh, the harder they go, the better it is for Black Sedans? Uh, you've got a, a couple of up-and-comers, like you said. Future Assured, the obvious one. Uh, Deus Ex has found form again. And there's a few others there off the front row. So how hard do you want them to go early? Yeah, it's a really tricky one race to map out like um you know they need to probably run the race upside down for us to be sort of be able to get into it um you know and even then uh you're gonna have to turn it up sort of right back there with us so it, it's a really tricky race to map out and, and i haven't really sort of um worked out what the best thing to do with him is at the moment but uh you know i think if you don't put him into the race it's going to become a mission impossible the back end of the race will be too fast um unless they do do sort of go brutal first quarter or go to the half very quick but um yeah if they, if they go slow around all sorts okay how many runs ideally would you like to give him before the end of the minion series starts uh well hoping for three so it's a little bit of a tricky program leading into it uh we had the, the be with johnny in a few weeks time and then the week after that is the queensland cup um which queensland cups three weeks out from the first round of heats which to me is just a little bit of a tricky, tricky sort of um, time frame. You know, you don't really want to be racing 
or going into you know three runs in a week not having raced for three weeks but um if you race in between well then you probably race too much so it's a little bit of a tricky sort of uh, situation so we'll just have to play it by ear and, and see how he comes through his next few runs all right well that's black sedans he's currently ranked 14 second rankings came out yesterday so he's definitely in the mix your trotter gus and uh, for mine he potentially is the best trotter in queensland he uh oozes plenty of glass and he's got uh, really good change up speed originally ranked 49 second rankings come out he's just slid down the list a little bit he's 54 he starts on saturday night in many ways this is a crucial race for him because he needs to win just to get that ranking going in the right direction do you see it that way yeah definitely you know um, obviously the first round of rankings come out i was a little devastated um you know, i think the world of him and as you say i think he's the best trotter in queensland as well and um, he was ranked a long way down. I was a little bit heartbroken, but you know he can understand. He hasn't had many many lifetime starts, and um, and then obviously he came out and was just going to jog in a fortnight ago and made a break at the top of the stretch, and that certainly didn't help his cause. So yeah, this week's probably going to be do or die if he um, if he doesn't sort of win Saturday night or if he does something wrong again. He's um, it's almost going to be series over before it even starts. Can you pinpoint why he made that break last time out? Um, not particularly. Obviously, first up, made a little bit fresh, and um, you know he's a he's a very good gated trotter, and it doesn't take a lot of movement just to sort of unbalance him. So, you know, he just sort of turned himself a little bit and just sort of uh, got off balance and made that break. But um, you know, we haven't sort of made many changes for this week, but we just sort of crossed our fingers and hope he's on song because um, if he's on song, he's going to be very hard to beat. Okay, so he's been back to the trials. He's had two trials following that uh, break last time out. Did he do everything right? Did he feel 100% in the trials? Yeah, uh, he, he was really good. Um, actually, he went to Redcliffe and he, he got around there excellent. So that was a you know a very good thing going forward. And, um, you know, the second day he trailed two days in a row and the second day he probably wasn't quite as sharp, but that's probably expected. And, um, you know, all, all seems, seems well. So we just got to cross our fingers and... Um, you know, hope that he on his best behaviour, and if he is, he can be the one to beat. All right, he's only a four-year-old. Nine starts, five wins. Looking big picture, has or do you feel the Inter Dominion is coming around too quickly for him? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, realistically, uh, if it wasn't in Queensland, you, you probably wouldn't worry about it so much. Um, but obviously, once you know in backyard, you, you sort of want to take a shot at it. Um, but, you know, realist, like, if he fails at the end of the minion, he's going to drop back to a race like the Jim McNeil, like just back into a, a lowly rating race. So, uh, you know, it just sort of shows, you know, what we actually think of him. Yeah, well, you've certainly got options going forward anyway. Uh, just with your other drives on Saturday night, Alder Everly, he looks like he's going to be hard to beat in the first. Away we go. He's getting close to a win. He's third up there on Saturday night. Uh, Modern Power, first run for the stable. Um, what are you expecting with those three? Yeah, Alder Reverie um, has been racing super for a long period of time. It actually drops back in class this week. So, um, you know, obviously he needs a trip. So if he gets that, he be... You know, find the line very hard. Um, away we go, he's, you know, he's getting back. He had a bit of a layoff after the winter and um, first up run was just fair, but last week he was uh, really good. So hopefully race is good again this week and um, wooden power. Got back to the mayor's grade this week, so it should be a bit of a bonus, although it is a tough mayor's race.
Okay, and I forgot Tear Law told on the last. He's a last starter. When can he go back to back? Um, yeah, possibly. It's um, you know we'll see how he steps away. I don't know if the driver steps in real good. <laughs> well, at least you get some practice earlier with Gus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now I've got to ask, just in closing, uh, stud season is upon us now. Uh, you and Chantel are operating Somerset Farm. How much sleep are you guys getting right now? Uh, not very much at the moment. Um, you know, the, the, the breeding uh, side of things is, you know, it's fully sort of upon us now. And um, yeah, you know, as well as train a large team of horses and go on race meetings and that. And um, yeah, it's just pretty hectic, but you know, thoroughly enjoying it. So um, yeah, hopefully it all works out quite well. And the bookings are still coming in uh, strongly for both horses, a rock and roll dance and catch the fire? Yeah, they've um, both been received quite well. Um, still bookings available. If anyone's out there looking to book the mares in, um, there still is room to, to get in both stallions. So um, they're both, you know, both very exciting stallions and um, you know, they're both doing a super job. So you know, really exciting times ahead. Mm. Well, just on catch the fire, had his first... Uh uh, yearling sell at the Ohio selected sale recently during uh, jug time up there topped the sale $225,000 his half brother sold at the Lexington sale only last week and fetched really good money so they're pleasing signs yeah I think that was actually a record at the Ohio sale too so um, yeah very pleasing there and um, you know it just just sort of shows you know what's to come with catch a fire and Watching all the all the replays of them, of his progeny going through that sale, they were all lovely, lovely types of horses, big strong horses that um, yeah, they all had great confirmation. So, you know, it's exciting times ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Pete, really appreciate the time. Best of luck over the next couple of weeks as we build towards ID twenty three. Thanks, Chris. Here's Pete McMullen joining us, and uh, Steve, catch the fire. He's by your favourite stallion and Captain Treacherous, so uh, he's got the right breeding, no question about it. Let's talk more about ID23, and let's get the latest with Sean Grimsey as far as Teddy Disco is concerned. Sean joins us now. Sean, appreciate the time. No worries at all, Chris. OK, so we haven't seen him for some time, uh, Teddy Disco, so he's a fair way down the rankings. How close is he to going back to the track, whether it be a trial or a race? Uh, we're actually, we're going to just give him a trial from the stand uh, tomorrow night at Albion um, and just see how he goes as a starting point, I suppose, rather than trying to burn up a fast mile. Yeah. All right, Sean. Hello. Yeah, Sean, yeah. We'll just hold fire for a sec. We may have lost Chris uh, momentarily there, so we'll take a, a short break. In fact, he's he's back with us, Chris. You're back with us, Chris? Yep, I've got you, Steve. Sean's with us now. So Sean. I was just saying that, Sean, with the, the fact that it's just... Yeah, I've got you there. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so you're going to give him a stand-start trial tomorrow night, Sean. The fact that it's a stand-start trial and not a mobile trial, you're just happy to let him go through the process, uh, given it is his first run back and first run back for a long time? Yeah, that's, that's the idea behind it, yeah. And I've, oh, well, and getting him qualified from the stands, the bonus, I suppose, all going well. Okay. 
Okay. So originally he was ranked 78. He's moved up to 76 now. Um, do, do you push hard for the end of Dominion or you're just happy to let him do the talking? Yeah, no, we'll just, um, we'll just see how it progresses week by week and if, if he's going good enough we'll, um, and, and he qualifies, we'll go around. But to be honest, it's probably going to be a bit of a struggle. It's only sort of six weeks away, so... Yeah, time time was always against us, but we'll just see what happens. All right. So when he steps out tomorrow night, will I see a noticeable change in his uh, in his appearance, uh, Teddy Disco? Has he thickened up? Has he got any bigger? Uh, no, I don't really think so. Not not since the beginning of the year. No, I don't think so. He, he's um, yeah, like he's not a not over big. He hasn't hasn't really grown grown much. Um, maybe filled out a little bit, but yeah, no, he's pretty much the same horse. But all right, so a stand start trial tomorrow night, and then obviously a mobile trial, and then you're hoping that he'll be ready to go. So do you look at some of those summer carnival features in November? Uh, I haven't. Oh well, not. I haven't really had a good look at what's there, but I don't like they're going to come up pretty quick, and and. Um, well, we know how fast the free-for-allers are going, so they'll probably probably be a little hard at this stage. Um, but uh, like, be, well, if you happen to trial exceptional, I suppose you you throw a nomination in. But yeah, it's just it's all just a bit up in the air. And he's such a like tricky horse to gauge at home because he really doesn't do much at all. So until you get to the trials. We're not really going to know a whole lot more. And he's in, like, he's a 92 rate of band five, so you need to be on your mark to even go around in those races. Mm, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Speaking of free-for-allers, you've got Dark Terror stepping out on Saturday night. He's been a ripper since joining your stable. Uh, he's fit, he's in form. This is obviously his biggest test to date, but how do you think he's going to measure up on the weekend? Oh, I haven't had a... A real good look at the field, but I know they like turn it up and lacks the dancer there, and like they're obviously in our top lot. And um, drawn drawn three probably like we've got to try and go forward if we can, but he hasn't got brilliant gate speed, so it's it's a bit tricky. If he was drawn down on on the fence, that would have been great, just following around and see how he finished off. But yeah, but he but he tries hard. He's strong. And he's fit, so we'll have a go. All right. You gave him a stand-start trial earlier in the week, so uh, looking further ahead, uh, those uh, those stand-start races, they're going to be part of his program? Yeah, I think so. They'll, it, like, he's, up, he's up in grade now, and being a fact, he, he probably doesn't have good gate speed, especially against those better horses. If he can get away well, well, he can be up closer to the front and, you know, over the 2100 and you know, this week's 2600, like, I think they'll really suit him as long as he begins well enough. OK. Speaking of the stand start race, the final race on Saturday night, Swaggy Shannon steps out. Is he capable of taking this race? Oh, I think so. He, he just needs, as always with him, like, he just needs that bit of luck go his way, like, um, but he was he was terrific last week as he usually is. He he's just a little star that horse. He you just line him up 
every week and whether he wins or runs last, he runs the same race. So, you know, he's, he's definitely capable of winning it, yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully there's a winner for you there on Saturday night. How many are you working right now? It seems like the numbers are swelling. Yeah, um, well, we pulled up on a couple this week but had another one arrive. So with the yearlings, there's 15. Okay. That's quite good. So one, yeah. one's been removed or retired or sent off to stud? Uh, one's, one's stud and one's retired. So, okay. yeah. So that's all right. all right. Actually, rock and roll dance. One for Pete. Oh, there you go. There you go. So yeah. there you go. He, he, talked right. me, he talked me into it with his last interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So, Teddy, just go back at the trials tomorrow night and we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully all goes well and, and he'll, um, yeah, keep going forward. Thanks, Sean. Sean Grimsey speaking to Chris Barsby. Matty Young's about to join us. Never ending. He leads the way. Back straight quarter, 28.5. Second running on empty. Skipping class third. And they were headed then by Alexander the Great. They come to the turn. In front, here it is. Never ending. He straightens up by five metres. In second place, we have running on empty. He's about to get towards the outside. Skipping class, Alexander the Great. It's in front, never ending. And on the inside, running on empty. He's running a really good race. But down to the line, he's in cruise mode. Never-ending win. Second there was. Running on him. That was Matty Young calling that race of this very good horse. It's Derby-bound Chris. And when Matty uses the word beast mode, you know that they're a very good horse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and following that victory yesterday, Steve, and Matty can elaborate on this, but Gary Hall Sr. has come out and said, this is the best three-year-old he's ever seen. He's got some good ones in his stable that are chasing Derby glory in his own right. Mr Smarty, I'm the Black Flash. They quickly spring to mind. But when, when Senior's putting a label on one like that, you know it's a good horse. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Is he right or wrong? Uh, yeah, I think he's right. Um, he's Yeah, I think he's... I was disappointed yesterday that he didn't at least open him up. But uh, at the same time, Junior said... If he did, he would have needed a catching pen um, or a parachute to slow him down because he was just cruising. So, look, I, I don't think I've seen a, a horse that has elevated. He was a really good two-year-old, but the way he's elevated as a three-year-old is just outstanding. He, he really could be something special, and I do agree with Senior. I think uh, he's one of the better three-year-olds we've seen here in, well, at least in my time. So, uh, that's yeah, I can remember back at least 25 or more years. Um, but, yeah, he's um, something out of the box and I genuinely don't think he'll be beaten again unless he does something wrong. Yeah, well, that, that, that was going to be the next question. How do they beat him in the derby then? The only way I can see him getting beaten is he, he is a bit fizzy and that's that's been an issue of his as a two-year-old is he gets a little bit fizzy. So 2,500 has always been a little bit of a concern, but the way he's settling and the way they're driving him is they're very aware of of uh, that potential issue and they drive him in a manner that sees it's uh, not become a part of the race or become a factor. So um, 2,500 is probably the only box he needs to tick. Uh, and from there on, it's just going to be smooth sailing, you would imagine. But, yeah, he's um, he's been really well trained by Justin Prentice to 
educate him to just relax and calm down. And it's also been complimented by Junior driving him as uh, Junior's been on him throughout and he goes out there and he just he looks after the horse as well as he's not just going out there to try and break world records. So it, it's important that uh, he's been able to make that connection with the horse and and get him to relax, and uh, I think we'll we'll see it carry on to the WA Derby. Matty, we only played the closing stages, but just let our listeners know that missed this horse yesterday. He just let him find his feet, and as you said, just cruised around. It took him about what a, close to a lap to get to the front. Yeah, it looked like um, he just wanted to throw his head a little bit just before release point, and so Junior just uh, let him stay up the middle of the track and let him come back down uh, towards the two wide line, and then. He just ambled forward as he pleased and went forward to the front. And it was a nice soft uh, lead time and a soft first lap. And then uh, he just started to increase the tempo. But, yeah, it was a paid trial, a paid workout, and he couldn't have done it any easier. Matty, each and every Tuesday, you've got your own harness show over there in Perth. Uh, is there a possibility that you'll be talking to Justin next uh, next week? Uh, all depends. All depends on what's coming up, and yeah, it, it just it just depends, Chris. Uh, at the same time, I'm looking forward oh. to the Friday, but at the same time, I'm trying to promote the Tuesday meeting at Gloucester Park. So hopefully, Justin's got something in, and we can have him on. All right. Well, if if you do get him on, pose this question: Has any sort of uh, early discussions taken place? about a slot for next year's Eureka. Is there a little bit of interest already or are people just, you know, prepared to sit back, wait and see? I know it's still a long way off, still, what, 11 months away, but I just wonder if there's been any sort of, you know, inquiries already. I have already... I have heard there has been discussions. There was already I thought there would have been. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was already discussions before uh, he... as a three-year-old, like... and I know he's a three-year-old now, but as an early... Earlier on in the season, there were discussions um, with him to go to the Eureka as a, as a three-year-old. So um, I would imagine that those discussions have probably ramped up a bit, uh, seeing how... I mean, he was the Australian two-year-old Colton Gelding of the year, and he probably isn't going to take out the Australian three-year-old Colton Gelding of the year, but I can see him going and uh, definitely putting his best foot forward next year uh, in in Sydney or in Melbourne or wherever they wish to travel with him, I'd be I'd be taking him everywhere uh, because he looks like he could be a once in a lifetime horse for Justin. I'd well, have to be a moral to get in your Nullarbor as well, wouldn't he? During the Western Trilogy. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, and uh, JP Pacing normally, or they had a slot this year with Mighty Ronaldo, so you would say uh, they have got the box seat if they can get a slot again in the uh, Nullarbor. All right. Well, that's never ending. Let's focus on the weekend. Tomorrow night, there's 10 races. All important race meeting, this one, from ID23's perspective. The feature is the Group 2 James Brennan Memorial. Winner of this race uh, picks up a golden ticket for ID23. We know that Team Bond, Greg and Sky Bond, have nominated a lot of horses for the Inter Dominion series. They've got pretty much half the field lining up here in the James Brennan Memorial. I know you guys have got a lot of features coming up, but... Is there a possibility that uh, Team Bond could be headed across to Brisbane for the Inter-Dominion? 
Well, I guess it just all depends. I know that um, Benny is pretty keen to travel with a horse, and um, uh, Greg and Sky have never been afraid to send a horse over there. So, and they have got so many different horses that could make their way to, to uh, Brisbane. So, yeah, I, I, I would imagine that they'd probably be in the box seat to take a horse across. And I mean, if they get the golden ticket, why not? Why not have a crack at it? Mm. So who wins this race tomorrow night, the James Brennan Memorial? Well, I like to feel the show. Um, Jumping Jack Max, he's drawn one. He's been touted quite publicly for a long time that he's not a very good front runner or not a, a horse that likes being used. And last week they, they decided to test that theory and put him in the breeze and he didn't perform at his best. And he's got gate one here and I know that they're going to be tempted and trying to lead, but the three horse still the show just flies out so uh, it'll be a good battle early but i thought still the show could do enough and cross to the pegs and from there be very very hard to beat finney tiger also creates a lot of interest in the race because if they do light him up off the arm i think he'd cross them in a heartbeat but uh it's whether he comes back to the driver there to be able to relax and and maybe take cover so uh, it's tactical it'll be very interesting but i think still the show has got a few ways you can go about winning this race. All right. Uh, speaking of Gary Hall Sr., he's got a couple of other key runners. You're so fine. Does he bounce back? And Mr Smarty in the three-year-old race, does he continue on his winning ways? Yeah, well, Mr Smarty Jr. gets to drive Mr Smarty, and uh, I'm sure that it's going to be... Uh, it'll still be a conversation that'll be had, uh, never-ending, and Mr Smarty. Mr Smarty is very good in his own right as well, so... Um, and he's driven over 2,500 metres. So it's going to be an interesting battle uh, going forward. But I think Mr Smarty can take that next step in this race on Friday night and win pretty comfortably. And uh, the other one you mentioned, you're so fine. Look, I've not been hugely enamoured with him uh, so far this preparation. He's won a lot of races, but he's done so by being able to do it pretty easy. This is his toughest test. And it'll be really interesting to see how he goes. But he's got a bad draw, and I think you'll be getting a good each-way price about him if uh, you can, if you uh, are confident to have a bet on him. I think he'll be well worth it at the price. Okay, where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? Well, we'll go in nice and early race two, number four, classic choice. I think uh, can work forward, potentially get to the top. I'm pretty confident he could win from the breeze, but uh, he'll go. Very close to winning this race, a classic choice. Tricky Mickey's in the race, so that's going to take a fair portion of the market percentage in that race. He's drawn Tricky in gate number 10, no pun intended. And at the same time, uh, he had a, a failed preparation last time in. So there's a few question marks on him, and I think classic choice has got the race fitness, toughness and speed to be able to win the race. So race two, number four, classic choice. OK, get the money nice and early. Race two, number four. Matty, as always, appreciate the time and we'll touch base next week. Cheers, guys.